a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. We continue to meet people in these episodes of The Wellness Collective who have had extraordinary and varied life experiences. And thankfully for us, they're willing to share so that we can all learn and be inspired. Mm -hmm. And of course, today's guest, Dr. Terry Walls, is no exception. And the beauty of meeting so many different people is that sometimes you just, you know, you're listening and you hear just that one thing that they say that makes a light bulb go off in your brain, you know? It resonates with you. Uh, So I'm Dr. Terry Walls, clinical professor of medicine, here at the University of Iowa, and uh, I am a member of the departments of internal medicine and neurology. And I have a a remarkable story of recovery from a really quite severe disability due to progressive MS. So in this episode, we're talking with Dr. Terry Walls, who believes that you can actually heal yourself of chronic disease because she used herself and her MS as an experiment Mm -hmm. that worked, and actually it's Seems pretty straightforward. Well, I'm always glad to uh, uh, talk about food and health and uh, the critical relationship between the two. Okay, so concentrating on food and health, that sounds pretty legit, doesn't it? But this is always an area I feel a little bit concerned about, you know. I mean, surely just because it worked for her, it doesn't necessarily mean it would work for you or me or you listening because I don't want people with chronic diseases thinking it's that easy to change. But if you're like me, I think you'll be happy to know that Dr. Wall's is legit, and what she did was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's right. But also, I think knowing that what she did and how she did it and Mm. why she did it, as you say, it can turn on this light bulb and that can really change things and give you some new ideas. And I think just being inspired by her and her story can't be harmful, I would hope. No, well, information is power. I love that about these people we talk to in the Wellness Collective. Dr Terry Walls is touring Australia in April 2018, but to talk to her, we got on the phone and we caught her in her home state of Iowa in the USA. Now, I got to thinking, you know, like for our Australian listeners... That doesn't, like, you don't know where Iowa <laughs> where is, heck do you? is that? But if you watch the <laughs> West Wing, I had a look at it. Oh, yeah? Uh, I'd say it's one of the states they call the flyover states. <laughs> you know, in the middle? It's in the middle. a lot of flyover states? There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's um, below Minnesota, where they where Fargo was right. and where Prince lived. Yes. I wanted to give you a little bit of context. Oh, good. I love it. And, and it's geography? bordered by Mississippi, the Mississippi River. Right. Okay, but that's enough about geography and, mm. and the, the shows that I've clearly watched. <laughs> Let's get into our chat with Dr. Walls. You will love it. So I uh, am a uh, conventional uh, internal medicine physician. I believe very much in the newest drugs, the uh, best technology, and uh, was very skeptical if people were taking vitamins and supplements and using complementary alternative medicines, thinking that uh, that was uh, really a a lot of wasted money. Uh, But God works in mysterious ways Uh, in 2000. I was diagnosed with relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis on the basis of a a new problem with weakness in my left leg and a history of dim vision affecting my uh, left eye 13 years earlier. I had an MRI and a spinal tap that was consistent with multiple sclerosis. So being a doctor herself, she sought out the best people who were researching MS in her area. I took some of the newest drugs and continued to decline. Uh, I had... Now, within three years, converted to the progressive form of MS. My physicians at that time said that functions once lost would be gone forever. 
uh, I took metazantrone and then I took um, Tizabri when it became available. I continued to decline. Uh, at that point, um, it was clear that the best conventional medicine was unlikely to stop my slide into a bedridden and uh, quite possibly demented life. Uh, I began reading uh, the latest uh, basic science um, and began experimenting uh, using a variety of vitamins and supplements and had found that uh, they had slowed my decline, and that's for which I was very grateful. So along with her own experiments that she was doing at the time, she took on the advice from the doctors at the Cleveland Clinic who suggested that the paleo diet had been having results and that was worth giving a try. And so uh, two years after diagnosis in 2002, I had, uh, after 20 years of being a vegetarian, gone back to eating meat and adopted the paleo diet, but I had continued to decline. Uh, now, the following years when I did the wheelchair, uh, started on the, the chemotherapy and then the Tizabri, uh, and then in 2004 started experimenting with vitamins and supplements. But for the next three years, Dr. Wall's health was unfortunately still on the decline. By 2007, I could not sit up in a regular chair. I was in a short recline wheelchair, and I, I, was, I was exhausted by 10 in the morning. I was having uh, problems with brain fog. I was having uh, problems with neuropathic or MS-related pain. Uh, that's why I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine. I took their course on neuroprotection, had a longer list of vitamins and supplements. Uh, and then in the fall of 2007, I had a really big aha moment, like I should reorganize my paleo diet around these nutrients I was taking in supplement form. And that is when I created a diet and lifestyle program, really designed specifically for my brain. So that's it. That's it, right? So Dr. Walls discovered that it was a combination of supplements that were important to support her particular brain. And that was the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Six months later, I'm up uh, walking, uh, first with a cane, then without a cane. Nine months, I'm on my bike for the first time in six years, and I bike around the block. And uh, a year later, I'm able to do a 20-mile bike ride with my family. Uh, of course, this changes how I understand disease and health. It would change the way I practice medicine, and it would change the focus of my research. And uh, what I do now is uh, I study this uh, in clinical trials and I travel uh, around the country and now around the world uh, teaching how to use diet and lifestyle to create more health and vitality uh, as a way of decreasing the burden of chronic disease. Don't you think sometimes you hear stories like this and you think, well, it seems obvious, right? Why didn't someone do it sooner? But you need to have that person who's the uh, groundbreaking uh, experiment, I guess. And that was Dr. Walls. You know, isn't it obvious? I guess because she came from a clinical background, she had some awareness and could tap into the resources and the knowledge and the training that I guess other people wouldn't have. Mm. But also, I think we need people like her to show us that maybe it's okay and it's not going to be scary and you're not going to take your health in a direction you don't want it to go, maybe. Well, and I think it can be quite overwhelming if you've got a chronic disease. Like, how do you know which advice to take? And it did take her quite a long time to get to this breakthrough. Nearly all of the uh, chronic diseases are progressive in nature. The pharmaceuticals that we have are very effective at controlling symptoms, but they don't get to the root cause of why the person develops the 
chronic disease, and so the disease usually progresses. Typically, there are additional diseases that will accumulate, uh, and so the person's health will continue to deteriorate. So this experience became the basis of her own research then? The first thing we did was we uh, wrote up a case report. Then we uh, wrote a case series, a description of uh, uh, several cases that came through. Then we had a pilot study, uh, and that's called uh, a safety and feasibility study, where everybody gets the intervention. We tried, we replicated what, what I did in others with progressive, either secondary progressive or primary progressive MS. And we were able to show that people could implement uh, the program, uh, that it was safe, it was well-tolerated, and that uh, at that point, all you need to see is a trend in the right direction. And what we saw was a actually a very large reduction in fatigue severity. Uh, improvements in quality of life that were statistically uh, quite significant. So the stats were there and the proof was in the pudding and it wasn't just her own experience, but when put to the test, these specific diet changes and Mm. her lifestyle changes too, it was proven to be an effective method for improving the life and reducing the symptoms of multiple sclerosis. Yes. Now we said in retrospect, it kind of does seem like, you know, well, duh, light bulb moment, of course. (laughs) Why wouldn't you do that? But I wondered whether this looking at this change in diet and lifestyle should be the first point of call. And we asked Dr. Walls about that. So after this quick break, we will get back into it. And we'll also find out about how our friend, the microbiome, had some part to play. Fancy that. (laughs) It's everywhere. Back in a sec. this episode of the Wellness Collective, we put a call through to Dr. Terry Walls, a medical practitioner in Iowa, USA, who turned her life around with diet and lifestyle. You know, in um, medical school, uh, we're taught that the first thing you're supposed to do is make uh, dietary recommendations uh, and uh, suggest lifestyle and then move on to drug therapies. And that's what you're supposed to do for high blood pressure, uh, obesity, diabetes, uh, high cholesterol. Uh, and so uh, what I'm advocating for is that this should be our first uh, approach to all chronic disease states. Uh, and then uh, my advice is that we want to focus on a, uh, diets that have been shown to be uh, have superior nutrient density uh, and have more favorable uh, impact on the microbiome. There it is, the microbiome again. I told you. Hey, uh, if you listen to our podcast with Kale Brock, he um, was telling us about how having a good, balanced individual microbiome is so important for general health, but also, clearly, it's important for chronic disease as well. But, you know, that whole thing about the gut being the, the Ep- real brain, the epicentre. Uh, it's fascinating to Who me. Who would have thought, Who would have thought that your poop was... <laughs> so important. <laughs> That's right. But it, you know, it really does affect so much, we doesn't it? Laugh and laugh at our old patients who would talk about you know, the importance of having a good bowel movement every day. Uh, and of course, now I realize uh, my patients were exactly right. And it's very important to have a good bowel movement every day. And if our diet is not letting us do that, the problem is that we're not feeding our microbiome. Uh, sufficiently well. But does the microbiome change the risk of MS and other autoimmune conditions? Well, um, with much more appreciation that changes in the microbiome 
are probably uh, occur very, very early on. Uh, there are more studies uh, that are very clear. The microbiome of people with autoimmune uh, conditions are different. Uh, association does not necessarily mean cause and effect, so um, we haven't quite teased out. Uh, does the autoimmune problem happen and then you get new microbes, or do we have new microbes and we've lost some of our good microbes and then autoimmunity happens? Uh, I'm inclined uh, to think that, that we probably shift our microbiome, lose some of our old friends, that markedly increases the risk of abnormal uh, immune function and risk for autoimmunity. So, uh, but it's not yet been proven. Uh, association does not equal causation. But certainly, eating, changing your diet, uh, and monitoring uh, your poop is a very simple strategy that can be very helpful. I love this concept, you know, with my background in Chinese medicine, looking at what's going on within the body is always my first point of call. Mm -hmm. It's interesting though, you know, I think some people look at medication and surgery as the first thing. So we'll wait to do that before we then come in and, you know, overhaul our diet and our lifestyle. But it's interesting because she's saying that we have it back to front. We should be looking at that first and then going for the, you know, the surgery or whatever else, the drugs and everything else, but starting with the basic diet and lifestyle changes that can support our health. So it's the same as what you always say. And I've got to say, I didn't even consider this before I met you. Uh, The idea that you are looking at the cause of the problem rather than the symptoms of the problem, which seems to be a real turning point in the way we look at, at wellness and and health these days, right? Absolutely. Now, of course, food was the big thing with Dr. Walls, but is all food equal? It's difficult to adjust our diet because we're addicted. Our our food has been designed uh, to create overconsumption so that we will overconsume these uh, commercial industrial food products uh, because that will generate more profit for that food industry. Uh, and so, uh, unfortunately, we're all uh, uh, likely have developed some level of dependence and addiction to uh, sweetened beverages, uh, to a lot of packaged foods that have been had uh, flavor enhancers uh, and other um, food additives to induce us to overeat on that food. And it makes it much more uh, interesting to eat these um packaged foods, uh, these pre-made foods. And unfortunately, uh, more and more families have given up uh, cooking, making the home-cooked meals, uh, eating at home with the family. Uh, And that's having negative impacts on family life. It's having uh, negative impacts on the nutritional intake. And it's having negative impacts on uh, the health of our children. I always find this so weird that people are more inclined to eat fast food than cook at home because cooking something basic isn't that hard for me. But then I was brought up in a household where my mum cooked all the time. We didn't go out for dinner very often and Mm. she was a great cook, lots of variety and everything. But it is a psychological hurdle that some people have. And um, it was interesting. My cousin uh, was over from uh, England just recently and he came over for dinner with his wife and daughter. And he was like, oh, my goodness, thank you for cooking a meal. Mm, and and then it, it yeah. was great. But he said, oh, I've started doing that thing where they deliver 
Yes. All of the like produce portions. and whatever you need. Yeah, yes. like even the herbs and yes. spices, you just open the little yeah. sachet and he was like, I can cook now. Oh, bless. Isn't that amazing? Well, at least it's his eating food that is of benefit. I'll never forget when I interviewed Dr. Tom O'Brien, he said that food is either of benefit or deficit and there is no in-between. And I have held on to that quote with, for my patients especially because it's very black and white, but I don't think we see it that way. I think no. we just put food in a basket and there's, you know, yes, there's sometimes foods and, you know, but really it's only going to do one or two things. It's either going to take you towards better health or it's actually going to be really hard to digest and take you further away from optimal health. You know, it, it certainly is. and It's one of the uh, reasons in my clinics I've learned to spend a lot of time on how we help people grow their internal motivation, their internal desire to be willing to make these changes. It, it may be simple to realize that I need to eat more vegetables, uh, I need to make these dietary changes, but it's still very challenging because you know changing our eating patterns uh, is a big deal. Mm. Uh, we need to understand why, but it needs to make sense to us we need to understand the potential benefit it can do. And then, you know, linking it to uh, reasons to grow your internal motivation to be willing to have these conversations with your families, with your kids, and to change up what you're, what you're feeding your family it does take a, a big commitment. After living this experience and researching the idea on a wider group and coming up with some pretty solid evidence that this diet change can have hugely positive effects, mm. Dr. Walls pr- devised her protocol. So the key part is getting rid of uh, some foods that uh, I think are very inflammatory. So getting ri- rid of sugar, getting rid of gluten, getting rid of dairy and replacing that with lots of vegetables. Um, and basically three dinner plates full of uh, vegetables uh, and berries, stressing greens, sulfur, color, uh, having protein. Uh, and we talk about, um, I, I, I like meat uh, protein, but I do have strategies for vegetarian and vegans because I am mindful that there are people who are vegetarian and vegans for their very important spiritual beliefs. Uh, and so we, we have strategies for them as well. It does sound like it's pretty universal. I mean, again, getting back to basics, I love it. I love that we just overthink everything mm. all the time, it would appear. Yeah, not good. So we asked her what she thought this could also help with. So it, it could be very helpful for autoimmune issues. It's very helpful for mental health problems. Uh, we've seen it uh, stop the decline for early dementias, early Alzheimer's. It's been very helpful for Parkinson's as well. Uh, I have... Many folks who've struggled with weight and obesity, diabetes, who, when they've adopted uh, this program, have found that uh, their weight got back to their uh, healthy weight uh, and the need for insulin resolve uh, and the amount of uh, medication they needed for high blood pressure was uh, markedly reduced as well. I don't know about you, but I feel like the number of people I know that have autoimmune problems or MS particularly has grown a lot over the last 10, 20 years. Maybe it's just me getting older. (laughs) Maybe it's me meeting more people. I don't know. But is there a correlation to why that might be? Like, is there a reason? Well, we, we have to think about what has been steadily changing in our environment that uh, is leading to this higher rates of MS uh, at younger and younger ages. We have more children 
with MS. We have children who are in elementary school developing MS. I didn't know that. And so this is a very big question. Why is this happening? No doubt there are many factors. No doubt there are um, microbiome factors, hormone factors, uh, stress factors, uh, chemical pollutant factors. If we think there'll just be one factor, we'll be disappointed. It's the interaction (laughs) of many factors Mm. that are contributing. So as we see, Dr. Walls is touring Australia in April, which is super exciting. So if you're listening to it at the right time, maybe see if you can get along, you can grab a copy of her book, which she has a diet and lifestyle protocol all mapped out for you. But we asked her as a parting thought, what are her top tips to get started? You can get rid of the sugar and the sugar-sweetened beverages. Uh, So drink more uh, water, uh, plain teas. Get rid of the grain-based starches. Instead, I replace them with vegetables and get outside, go for a walk. There it is. There's that kiss principle again. Keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you would like to investigate more of uh, Dr. Terry Wall's ideas and explore her research, she is very accessible. Information about my Australia tour is at Dr. Terry Wall's Lives. So that's D-R, Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, Walls, W-A-H-L-S, Lives.com. Information about my website, terrywalls.com. You can find me on social media, on Facebook, TerryWallsMD, on uh, Instagram, Dr. TerryWalls. And uh, we've had Australians come over uh, every year to my uh, three-day seminar that happens here in Iowa, uh, where you get to lean lean in and learn uh, three days from me about uh, my research, what we're doing, and all the things under your control that you can use to improve your health and vitality, whatever your health challenges are that you may be facing. There has been a real change in the way people look at their health and take ownership of what's really going on for their own individual circumstances. I find that completely inspiring. Mm. means the message is getting out there. <laughs> hey, thank goodness. I remember my mum saying that when she had me in the 70s that the doctor said to her, don't worry, Mrs, I'm having this baby, not you. <laughs> I mean, I think there wasn't oh uh, much patient-doctor collaboration back in those days. But yeah. um, I think, uh, thankfully, it has changed somewhat, yes. hasn't it? my goodness. Hey, uh, before we let Dr Walls go, we asked her what she thought about this this idea that, um, you know, especially being the patient as well as the doctor herself, she, she probably has more of a concept of what it's like to be on the other side. And this idea that now a lot of patients come sort of armed with their Dr. Google. I was going to say, they've been on Dr. Google. (laughs) Dr. Google. But it was interesting what she had to say about it. I think the internet has made it so much easier for people to find information, to get control, begin uh, to realize that there are things they can do. Um, And so uh, I I find this an incredibly exciting time to practice. Uh, My patients are far more knowledgeable, far more willing to realize that there is so much that they can do. So if anything, today's episode makes me realize that once again... No one has all of the answers for anything, do they? And and when you see a headline of I cured my own MS, you don't necessarily need to be sceptical straight up because you've really got to get down to what that's about. 
Absolutely. A big thanks to Dr Terry Walls for taking our call. It was late in the evening for her and time differences, they are annoying. And we did have to put in a call a few times. <laughs> Goodness me, sometimes technology is not our friend. Not at all. Hey, we need to invite all of our listeners to please, if you love this podcast, mm. we want to invite you to rate it. We love five stars, but there's no pressure. <laughs> we like little written bits too. I want to hear what people's favourite episodes are. That that makes me excited when that they're like, I loved this episode because. Yeah, and we always want to know if there's any ideas you've got or some people that you've heard or a friend or something that you know that's just a great story that you think would be good for other people to hear to, you know, spark some light bulbs in their minds. Because we want to we want to cover it first. Mm, like, let us have it. <laughs> I reckon. Especially too, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast because there are a lot of podcasts We've out there. This. I went hunting the other day and boy, oh boy, it's like a forest of podcasts. It is a forest. So we do appreciate it. Thank you for your rating and thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. We, of course, hope that this episode has left you feeling a little happier, healthier and better. Thank you.